This Week in Agriculture, a production of the Red River Farm Network with a look at markets. I'm Randy Conan. Grain markets put in a very volatile week, one day higher, one day lower. Bauer Trading President Jim Bauer said the action is very hard to get a handle on. Obviously, weather plays a critical role on an hourly basis, which way the market's going to go at this time of year. And then, of course, we've had a couple of weather scenarios. I was just listening to some of the reports about that frost in Brazil. That may be a, have been a little bit worse than they thought, and certainly something that they hadn't seen in that region of the country for quite some time. So the market's going to have to kind of work its way through that, what's, what the, prop, the proper fundamental analysis is now that they've had that kind of of a situation. And Total Farm Marketing Senior Market Advisor Brian Doherty said the grain market will continue to trade the most recent weather forecast. And some of your models might be showing increased chances of rain. Um, you got a lot of volatility in the wheat market. Uh, you've got kind of a down day, uh, maybe a risk off day in the stock, stock market. You've got the uh, energy markets uh, a little bit lower, not urgent or necessary, but yeah, kind of odd on the grains. The you know the inability to hold gains is kind of discouraging in the corn market. More than one market analyst describing this market trade as choppy. Utterback Marketing President Bob Utterback thinks we have a limited pool of end users that's causing that choppiness. The talk is that they've got most of their commitments made clear through to new crop, and they just don't need it. And we're that getting towards that time of year where guys are cleaning out their bins and hands. There's inventory coming in the market, and the uh, you know the good area looks better than the bad area in reference to corn. So every time the market tries to orchestrate a rally, there is no follow through because uh, cash market's not really worried. And over the uh, past week, grain markets have been trading a very wide trading range as well. They tend to open firmer, fade by midday before firming slightly going into the close. Van On and Company market analyst Christy Van On said there is really just no fresh news for this market to trade on. There's enough stories that can pull the market each way. We know that we need a good crop to suffice carryouts, um, so we know that. But until we actually see some actual hard news, this market might struggle a little bit. And that was evident for Minneapolis wheat over the last little bit of time frame. We have struggled in Minneapolis wheat. Everyone knows that there is not a great crop here. Global Commodity Analytics and Consulting President Mike Zuzalo thinks recent grain market action may not be all about the weather and drought conditions. Between the central corn belt tour I just got off of over the past weekend and the way the corn and the wheat have been trading and given the fundamentals of the weather that we're actually seeing, given the crop conditions, given what we in the agriculture sector really know what was going to happen during this crop wheat tour, given the fact that we are in the 60s for very poor to poor uh, for, for spring wheat, I, I think this market until today's price action was just not about the weather. I think it was more about outside market factors. Agrisampo North America market analyst Sterling Smith says livestock markets also saw some risk-off selling. They're getting beat up too, which is a little unusual, as normally when we see the greens go down, the livestock goes up. But again, I think this is kind of part of this global macro uh, total sell-off that's going on here, where everyone's just kind of easing up positions, moving to some cash, and maybe recalibrating what they're targeting. And I think it's mostly fund-oriented that's pushing that, and maybe a little bit of COVID nervousness. 
That's a look at markets this week in agriculture. I'm Randy Conan. The North Dakota mill has been producing northern-grown spring wheat and durum flour since 1922. The mill now adds value to more than 30 million bushels per year. North Dakota mill employees take pride in the highest quality spring wheat and durum wheat products for the baking and pasta industries. Look for Dakota-made flour. 5, 10, and 25-pound packages, as well as pancake and bread machine mixes. Spring wheat and durum flour, superior quality, is what separates the North Dakota mill from the competition. Serving farmers from Foston, Monoman, Ada, Crookston, and Thief River Falls to Jamestown, Langdon, Devils Lake, Castleton, Mayville, and Grafton, this is the Red River Farm Network. Agriculture is big business, and we cover it that way with markets, market analysis, crop progress reports, USDA reports, farm policy, and trade issues. If it affects your bottom line, you'll hear about it on the Red River Farm Network. Go online or on your smartphone to rrfn.com. You can click on news, podcasts, radio stations, and more. With a look at this weekend news, I'm Kara Hart for the Red River Farm Network. Do you remember the WIP Plus program? Congress is trying to extend that for 2020 and 2021. This week, the House Agriculture Committee marked up and passed the 2020 WIP Plus Reauthorization Act out of committee. Here's Combest Sell and Associates managing partner Tom Sell. It includes all the causes of loss. Uh, from the previous WIPs, and then also expands that a little bit, like on the drought side, so that it's not just B3 or more. I think they're expanding the drought language a little bit. They're including derechos or you know, the polar vortex that, that gripped the South. The House passed the 2022 Agriculture Appropriations Bill. The language includes additional money for research, broadband, and increased field staffing for the NRCS. This bill does not include new funding for WIP Plus, but a separate plan with those dollars passed this week in the House Agriculture Committee. North Dakota Senator John Hoven, the Senate Ag Appropriations Ranking Member, says he wants to include WIP Plus funding for 2020 and 2021 in the Senate's new spending bill. USDA's Economic Research Service is estimating U.S. farmers received nearly $58 billion in federal assistance this past year. From the total, more than 60 percent came from various COVID relief programs. USDA is forecasting net farm income to decline 8% this year. That's due in part to a 45% reduction in direct government payments. The fire at the Holcomb, Kansas packing plant, the JBS cyber attack, and COVID-19 resulted in a historic spread between live animal prices and retail meat prices. National Farmers Union President Rob LaRue testified before the Senate Judiciary Committee this week, saying this is a matter of fairness. These corporations are too big, and when they fail or take advantage of their power, we all suffer. We must learn from this experience. Greater emphasis must be placed on resilience in the food supply. Tyson Foods Group President Shane Miller also testified, saying his company is committed to providing fair compensation to farmers and ranchers. The drought continues to be an issue in North Dakota and across the region. There are two new Bank of North Dakota loan programs available to help livestock producers recover from the extreme drought. Here's the Bank of North Dakota President Todd Steinwand. They're very similar to ones that we had rolled out on earlier drought. We made a few changes this year. With the past drought that we had back in 17 is that it was, it was more localized in various areas of the state. Feed costs weren't as high and transportation costs weren't as high, so it was economical for them to get access to feed. This year, it seems like it, it's almost the entire state is in a drought. The Livestock Drought Loan Program provides more immediate assistance for farmers and ranchers. The Livestock Rebuilder Loan Program will provide financing to help livestock producers rebuild their herd when the drought is over. Livestock producers can start haying, conservation 
Conservation Reserve program acres starting next week. Based on the U.S. Drought Monitor, all but three counties in North Dakota are eligible for emergency haying outside of the primary nesting season. North Dakota Farm Service Agency Acting State Executive Director Brian Haugen explains. We would encourage that they contact our county office, get an appointment, get the paperwork, get that approval so things are in order uh, when August 2nd rolls around. A request for early haying of emergency CRP acres in North Dakota was submitted but denied. It was just simply based on some provisions of the 2018 Farm Bill that, uh, you know, limited, uh, you know, certain activities uh, to occur and those that could not occur during the primary nesting period. Groundwork has started for the Ag Innovation Campus in Crookston, Minnesota. Site preparation, including utility work, will happen this fall and the construction should be complete next year. African swine fever is getting closer to the United States. ASF has been confirmed for the first time in the Western Hemisphere in the past 40 years with the disease being found on two hog farms in the Dominican Republic. African swine fever is not in the United States and action is being taken to strengthen biosecurity measures at the border. That's a look at this week in news. I'm Kara Hart for the Red River Farm Network. Farm Fest is back and the Minnesota Corn Growers Association will again be a can't-miss stop in Tent 702. Visit the corn growers to see the many ways Minnesota's corn farmers are growing Minnesota. From record-setting sales of ethanol-blended fuels to investments in research developing a future of corn-based plastics. Come to Tent 702 for the free sweet corn ice cream and stay to learn the many ways Minnesota corn grows Minnesota. Learn more at mncorn.org. World Weather Incorporated Senior Meteorologist Drew Lerner is your trusted source for agricultural weather. From the Northern Plains, we will see a little pocket of additional cooling taking place in the northeast corner of North Dakota and northwestern Minnesota. To South America, it looks like Argentina will be dry for a few more days, and Brazil will see scattered showers and thunderstorms benefiting many crop areas. Drew Lerner, only on the Red River Farm Network. We're reporting agriculture's business. With a look at weather this week in agriculture, I'm Megan Overby on the Red River Farm Network. The Wheat Quality Council was touring portions of North Dakota, northwestern Minnesota, and northern South Dakota this week, looking at the spring wheat and durum crops. The final results from the tour have an overall weighted average for spring wheat of 29.1 bushels per acre. When compared to an average year like 2015, this is about two-thirds of the normal crop. Wheat Quality Council Executive Vice President Dave Green says the lousiest of the spring wheat crop was found in portions of western and north-central North Dakota. We left Mandan, went north to uh, Turtle Lake, and then cut across um, through McCluskey and almost to Carrington probably, and then up. And uh, I thought it was the, the lousiest set of stops I've had in a long, long time. I mean, we went to like, I'd say eight stops in a row that we would have put under 20 bushels, and, and most of those around 10 bushels an acre. I've noticed is, you know, that there's a drought map with a big red blotch on it, and it's right in the middle of where I was today, and I think that that's the effect we saw. At Oneida, South Dakota, OIE Grain General Manager Tim Lugan says small grain harvest is moving right along. The harvest is doing real well here. Winter wheat's done. Um, we're wrapping up spring wheat here next week. We'll be all, it'll be all over with here. Um, as far as the yield side of it goes, uh, on the winter wheat side, 
worst we heard was 20, and then some of the PP acres that were put in the winter wheat last year, um, it was as high as up in the 80s. Uh, quality is good, uh, good test weight. Up in this area, south of me, the test weight was a little bit light. Protein's higher than a year ago. We averaged 14.2, about two points higher than, than a year ago. Healthy water equals healthy cows. That statement was made by Jim Collins, Jr. of the North Dakota Department of Environmental Quality during opening remarks of a water quality webinar. Collins, Jr. said livestock producers in the state have been testing water since last fall. What we're looking at is not so much the cattle in the streams, but just how do they get water? Uh, good quality water to a herd. Well, water quality is an ongoing issue. North Dakota State University Veterinary Diagnostics Lab toxicologist Michelle Mostrom said water quality is becoming more of a concern because sloughs, streams, and dugouts are drying up. And we have had issues where some of the producers just don't recognize how much water livestock are going to drink in a day. And particularly range cattle, they'll drink 10 to 12 gallons per head per day or even more in hot weather. Those cows, they estimate, need about 95 square inches of surface area to drink from. Uh, smaller calves will drink maybe a couple of gallons to four gallons per head per day. The second cutting of alfalfa hay in Minnesota is 80% complete, which is in line with average. However, the condition of that crop is below average. Here's University of Minnesota Extension educator Nathan Druitz. The, the biggest concerns here are going to be those, those dry land acres where we've got high degree of sand and we haven't had that moisture and you get out there and those plants got maybe an inch tall and then they just dried up and died. And, and those, in those particular fields, you know, I think we're going to be looking at you know, possi possibly needing to come back in with something here yet this fall and, and trying to do something you know, in, in the spring. And that's been a look at weather this week in agriculture. For the Red River Farm Network, I'm Megan Overby. Sarkovsk Relief Spot has been a challenge for sugar beet growers for years. I'm John Samdahl, sales manager with Beta Seed, and I know firsthand the impact Sarkovsk has on our growers and their bottom line. That's why I'm excited about a new ally in the battle against Sarkovsk. It's a new trait called CR Plus that balances disease tolerance with yields in a way no previous technology has. 60 years in the making, there's innovation bred into every seed. CR Plus is available, pending approval, in select beta seed varieties in our American Crystal Market for the 2022 growing season. Beta Seed, breeding confidence. It was December 4th, 1995. This is our first day of operation on the Red River Farm Network. Our studios are in Grand Forks, North Dakota. We have 13 radio stations. That's Red River Farm Network co-founder Mike Hergert and the first day of broadcasting for the network. 25 years later, we thank you, our listeners, our radio partners, and our advertisers. From day one until today, our mission has been simple. We're the Red River Farm Network, and we're reporting agriculture's business.